Hello and welcome to King's Church Podcast. I'm Jill Jackson and joining me in our little podcast studio today is Mike Coltmont. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jill. Now, just to let you know, everybody, if you hear noise in the background, it's not us being noisy. It's Care and Share, a group that meet weekly at the church, and they're having a lovely time, but a little on the noisy side, so please don't be distracted by the background noise. Now, this is going to be a slightly different podcast to our usual ones, because we thought it would be a good idea to review the sermon series we've been having at King's recently. So if you've been along at all, you must know that starting way back in February, we have been following one book in the Bible, and that is the book of Acts. And we haven't even finished it. We're going to move on to something else in September. So, Mike, I guess my first question to you is, why did you pick Acts? Mm. Well, that's a good question. That As an eldership, we, we decided that that was a great book for us to go for. It was actually Steve Ward who... Uh, suggested it um, and we just prayed about it felt it was right yeah and I think it was more around the fact that um, I think coming out of COVID we've had a funny stage where the church is kind of regathering and reforming yeah I don't think we I don't think we're alone in that no definitely not. yeah but it felt like a, a perfect moment to talk about what the church was designed to be and what it looked like originally when the Holy Spirit came and that kind of drove a conversation of, well, come on, let's do acts together as a church and let's go through it. Because actually we feel God's going to speak to us and remind us almost of what this is supposed to look like. And we're supposed to gather, give, care, you know, um, yeah. see the Holy Spirit at work, work. among us um, and, and be sent as well as a church, not just stay in a huddle, but be sent. So the book of Acts, I mean, it's so exciting, isn't it? And and I think that's why, as a church, we wanted to say, come on, let's focus on this, at least the first yeah. 12 chapters of the birth and the growth of the church. It was that. It was the birth and, and like, rise of the early church. Yeah. And it was all new. Yeah. The whole thing was new. That's right. And it's great to go back to the very beginning and see maybe what we've lost, what we, you know, can gain mm. and revisit all those things. Re you know, I, I in particular loved this series which good. is i've heard that as well from a lot of people good i'm glad um, to hear that that's that's, that's it's good isn't it yeah. it's nice that um i think one of the things you did though i remember the first week you said a little quiz this is my this is from my memory so going back um you started at what i often do with a book not necessarily a christian book and that is you started at the end of a chapter mm. and looked at the last two words yeah which was Without hindrance? Without hindrance. Yes. It's the whole story of Acts. Okay. Can you just talk about that a bit? I think that'd be a good thing to draw out. Yeah, I think that's the most incredible part of Acts, really. It's like, it's almost, I guess I don't know enough about classical music to describe it, but it's like, um, you know, you listen to a bit of Mozart, there's this, I guess it would have a line that would keep coming forward. It's repeated by different instruments. It's repeated yeah. by different instruments at different times. Yeah. And the melody can go off on such different, you know, courses, but it'll always come back to that kind of that's anchor. Great analogy. And yeah. I think that's what I would say about the book of Acts. It it has this when then this happened and it was brutal and scary and crazy and you know, someone was raised from the dead and this king stepped in and this governor didn't like this and the Sanhedrin did this, but then, but the church kept on growing kept without hindrance. Yeah. And uh, it's almost like that 
melodic line that it keeps coming back to and it's it's song it's it's music to your ears yeah but it's almost like the anchor point that luke just keeps putting in every time something major happens even where we finished so you know even when we'd finished it it says at the end of chapter 12 just towards the end of chapter 12 it says about herod being eaten by the worms and it says but the word of god continued to spread and flourish you know and it's like so this, despite trouble and difficulty yeah. The word of God still was the thing that yeah, flourished. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great thing to pull out of it. Mm. And the the promise was to take the word and take the love of Jesus to Jerusalem, Judea, the world. Mm. And I think that just when you read it, oh well that was then. But mm. what does that mean for us now? Because the important thing for people to gain from Acts is always not just be hearers of the word, but doers also. Mm. So what's the doing part of that? You've alluded to that in the word spread without hindrance. Mm. But also, where's our where's our Jerusalem? Where's our Judea? Yeah. Where's our well what the world one I can kinda of get a hold of, but Yeah. Would you like to comment I, on that? I think I think there's two things going on here. I think one is is that um you know, with with the with us being transformed by Jesus, we are now on a mission, yeah. right? And I think, so there's two things going on. There is there is a biblical commission that we believe and we know without any doubt that Jesus has called us into to, to not just focus on ourselves or not just focus on our hometowns, but actually we need to back as believers. Not everybody's going to get on a plane, you know, the Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth, um, not everybody's going to go to the ends of the earth. Not, only, not everybody's going to go to Samaria. Not everybody's going to go to Judea. Some people just stay in Jerusalem. And I guess our Jerusalem is Darlington. Yeah. But we believe without a doubt that the Bible teaches, hey, when, when you become a follower of Jesus and you understand the good news of the gospel, your mission is to see disciples made of all nations, of all languages. So there is a, there, that starts with prayer, I think. Um, we've got to be a people who pray that the gospel is spread. Yeah. It's the only hope for this world. I mean, we look at the world and we think, man, Jesus, please come back. <laughs> yeah. But there, there is only one hope in this world and it's Jesus. So we've yes. got to be committed as his disciples to seeing the word spread. But then there's a second thing that's going on, I think, which is us as a church right now, what God is doing with us collectively as a, as a body. And, and, you know, we've talked about over the last year how we believe mission in terms of overseas being part of something outside outside of, yeah outside of the walls of jerusalem i think we do jerusalem really well as yeah. a church i think we do you know we can always do better but i think we have you know a real good name i think we really care for people the food bank gave out just less than a hundred thousand bags of food last year that is just whoa that's phenomenal incredible yeah yeah that you know so jerusalem i think we, we do a lot in, right? But I think there's a real gap in terms of, you know, when was the last time we prayed a couple out of this church because they're moving to, you know, Sierra Leone or they're moving to Papua New Guinea because they feel the call of God on their lives that they have to go and share the sure, good news yeah. of the gospel. And I think so that starts by us saying, hey, first of all, we're called to this. Second of all, God start opening doors. So when we hear of churches in Romania who have 60 Ukrainian refugees and they're saying, hey, can you come and help us? We're like, we should be like, yes, yes this is part yeah. of what God's doing. 
or there's a church in Pune with a pastor who feels isolated, or there's a, you know, a, a project in Ginger in Uganda who's saying, hey, can you just come and wash kids' feet? We should be saying yes, because there is good news. And Jesus has called us not just to Jerusalem, but to Judea, Judea Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Yeah. So I think there's two things going on. One is a, a clear biblical thing, but there's a, a second thing going on, which is, which is the exciting part about Acts, isn't it? That the Holy Spirit is moving and speaking to his church, yeah. which is what I believe he's doing for us now. So that talk for me, and actually it was, I would share this really briefly. Um, we'd been praying about, you know, if God, are you calling us into mission as a church and outside of the walls of Jerusalem? And, and it was that Sunday I spoke on it and started this whole series. It was actually the Monday morning after. So Sunday I spoke, Monday morning afterwards. Yeah. I got a text from Andy Robinson, who leads the church down in Horsham, saying, hey, yes. I don't know why, but I feel I'm supposed to ask you to come to Romania with me and come and meet a church there. Um, so God's on the move in our church. Definitely. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is at work. And I think so there's two parts going on. There's a church calling for us right now. There's a seasonal church calling for us. But there's also there's this ultimate call in which Jesus leaves us with, us with the, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, and then into acts of course as well so yeah yeah that's that's great lift your eyes folks lift your eyes mm. look out yes i think one thing some people may have picked up just because i've heard people talking have asked me are the plans for us to church plants anywhere in our locality mike mm. good question please pray yeah um my answer is yes i think I, I really believe and this is not easy for me to say it's taken me a year and a half to be able to say it so easily I believe without any doubt God's calling us to be a church planting church. Yeah. Um, it's not, I have no experience in doing a church plant. Um, it's not something I've ever been part of. Um, Trinity sometimes felt like a church plant at times when we had yeah. 20 people on a Sunday. But, yeah. Um, but I really believe that that we've got to pray into and, and ask God to bring the right people with the right heart for the right place. Um I'm not going to share too much because no, they are brand new, but there are, there are a couple. Of... I thought that might be a, it's just people have picked up from us listening yeah. to people talk that mm. when we say Jerusalem, Judea, and then the Somewhere world, the, end of the, the earth, Judea yeah. bit or the Samaria bit, mm. I got that wrong, sorry. No, then you're doing it right. That's, um, that might mean, oh, the plans for the locality. Yeah. And we've always had that on the back burner. It's always been something, mm. but it's not something we've, we've ever moved on we've tended to send people elsewhere really yeah you know to go and help elsewhere they felt led or their jobs moved them mm. and we prayed them out that way so yeah i, I think yeah. So, so what i would say is there have been two couples come to me um in the last uh three months yeah and both told me very different places one okay. local one what a shame it wasn't the same place one, one would be just outside the walls of jerusalem and yeah. one would be more samaria yeah and say we feel god's calling us as a couple um to explore whether or not we're supposed to be church planting in these places um so i'm excited i feel stirring my spirit about it and i feel god's kind of give me a good prod in the back yeah. about it so yeah that's great Better move on, hadn't we? Yeah, sorry. Right. It's okay. No, no, no. It's good. It's all good stuff. So um, Paul t talked a lot when he was about how a third of the New Testament is written by Luke, mm. which is another really good reason for studying it. Yeah. But I think one of the things he said that, you know, it's only, it was written to a specific person. Yeah. Gosh, what weird would have missed. Mm. You know, if we wouldn't have, if we didn't have Luke and Acts, mm. we would have missed so much of the 
early church history, we'd have missed all the angels and shepherds and, mm. you know, birth of Jesus. That's and all. right. It's incredible what, yeah. what was miss, we would have missed without Luke. Yeah. So thank you, God, you know, the grace of God that we have this book. But it's also, he's such a talented man because in 1,600 words, he manages to put, you know, the appearance of Jesus, mm. the ascension, then the coming of the Holy Spirit, yeah. Then Peter's sermon, mm. and Peter's sermon in full, not just not just you know, a bit, but not just a bit, but yeah. all of it, word for word, verbatim, written down, mm. and then the spread of the gospel, yeah, in one thousand six hundred words. It's incredible to think about mm. the the kind of uh, density of information that's given in the fewest of words. Yeah. It brought me up because I thought I probably use loads just to say one thing. <laughs> it's just a, just a point. And also the fact that he made, there's little eyewitness details in there. He mentions people all the time. Yeah. He mentions particular people, people, particular yeah. people, particular mm. people in history. Mm. And I think for, for people who sort of sometimes doubt the virility of scripture, that actually... Actually, there are historic figures you can look at. That's right. That existed and they're separate. They're yeah. written in, you know, other books. So, yeah, one of the people obviously backed up a lot of what Luke had written and gives a lot of context actually, because Luke doesn't always give you context. No, people find the Bible hard to read sometimes because of the fact that it kind of just tells you what you need to know. It doesn't tell you yeah. what you want to know. And we're so used to reading books, especially modern books, that. You know, you read a start reading a novel, and it'll tell you the air temperature and the and the weather pattern and the. You need you to know. change your novels, Mike. Yeah, but you, you know the. <laughs> I do know I'm the sort of about. I do know the sort of stuff you're talking about, of course. But, yeah, you know, tell you what everyone's yeah. wearing. If the Bible gives you details, it's because you need to know that yeah. detail. It's significant to the story. You know, the great one is Absalom. It tells you he's got really long, lovely hair, and it's like, why are you telling us why that? Tell us? Yeah. Well, it's because it's going to get caught in a tree later on. Yeah. You know, Saul he's really tall. You know, and things like that that are actually um, really distinctive. But the, the the biblical authors put it in there to help you because it's it's significant yes. for later. Or it's significant for this point. And I think we get so frustrated sometimes. It's like, why? Where's that come from? What's happened there? You know. Um, but Luke as well. You know big theme in acts is the gentiles yep, and huge theme. yeah 33 percent of the new yeah. testament written by luke he's a gentile which is you know just great for us Jew, yeah yeah absolutely great for us and also paul made the point that it's theology on the hoof yes they're dealing with problems that they come up yeah and they're no different to us that's definitely they true. are just <laughs> like us yeah. you read their squabbles you read their fallings out you mm. read their confusion mm. you read their difficulties relational problems you do you read the whole everything and i just think they were like us the same dreams and aspirations yeah the same difficulties same fears exactly exactly the same stuff yeah so i think that's really great and i think the other thing from um both acts and luke's they're the only two words we um parts of the bible we get well we know the intention of what the author was intending yeah he's gone back he actually says yeah. why he's doing it. Now we read other books and suddenly we realise, oh, we're reading history or we're reading mm. poetry. But he very much says, Yeah, this is why I'm writing I'm it. I'm gonna prove to you this is real. Yeah. I'm gonna and I'm gonna <laughs> verify the reports that you're hearing. Yeah. In order to show you that this is accurate. This yeah. is, this happened. And I'm putting it into chronological order as yeah. far as I understand. And including the eyewitness, he actually had to have gone round everybody to find out which of the 
people were there in the upper room yeah because he lists them yeah exactly it's, it's it's really great yeah little details like that i always find thrilling because you just think yeah this is rooted in mm. in reality thank you luke yeah thank you luke. We are, and yeah and then we had some really good themes pulled out tom talked about community mm. um then Diraj talked about martyrdom. These are all big subjects, by the way. I'm just yeah. going to mention a few. Graham talked about it should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, n- not so much the Acts of the Apostles, because it is all about yeah. the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then we had Peter's missionary journey and mm. the whole Saul to Paul bit. Now, that's a load of stuff. Mm. Are there any of those you would like to kind of comment into where we're at with mm. community? Let's not do where we're at with martyrdom just yet. Um, and basically, you know, anything from Peter's missionary journey you would like to pull out. Yeah. Just I, to remind people, any, anything you want to pull out at all. The first thing to say is Mike. Tom and Diraj did a great job. They did. Um, they, you know, they kind of thrown at the deep end. It was Diraj's first ever talk. Yeah, he Tom, did really well. Tom's second. Yeah. Um, and Diraj, it's not his first language, so he did so well. Yeah. I was really proud of them both. They did great. Yeah, and if you haven't heard them, listen to them. Yeah, go back. Same with all the podcasts. You know, if we've whetted your appetite, which we hope you have, go back. Yeah. They're nearly all recorded. Definitely. And you can go and listen to them all again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And they they did a great job community-wise. I think it's speaking into that vulnerability with one another. Yeah. Um, You know, throughout the Book of Acts, I mean, you just see that they're just raw people you know mm. they're pa- empowered by the holy spirit so but they still have issues you know they're not walking gods you know they're still human with god god's power in them um and uh you know ananias and sapphira you see that you know they that they lie and um you see what happens there but i mean you can just imagine peter in that moment being like okay he's dropped dead yes. <laughs> and his wife's gonna show up soon you can just imagine uh, and it talks about you know the church's reaction to that, and um, and I think there's a real rawness to the community in the Book of Acts. There is totally, and you can see they're just figuring, they're just learning it all out for themselves. Even the community side, even when the apostles say, "Look, we can't, we can't be handing out food and different things to the widows," you know, we need, we need God feel, you know, Holy Spirit filled yeah. people to administer this stuff and um, do the administration side of this because. We're just busy, you know. So there's just real life in there yeah. that you just see and you go, that's so applicable to my life. It's a great to, reminder, yeah. isn't it? A really great ma- yeah. reminder that they dealt with stuff as they went along yeah. and then put a plan into place. But but th- there's also this real understanding that, look, we're called together as a community, as one body of Christ. And, you know, if, if, if the leg's hurting, actually, we... The hand, yeah. the hand should be wrapping a bandage around it or yeah. something. And I think Tom picked up on that really well about community and, and having need in it. Um, in terms of uh, Peter's missionary uh, journey, I mean, I mean, we could have spent six could months have, talking exactly. about that. Um, it's just incredible. The, there's the build-up. And one thing I didn't mention actually in my talk, which I, I really did want to mention, but I didn't. So do it now, Mike. Yeah, but yeah. I'm going to do it now. But, you know, he's caught... He's called from Joppa. He's in Joppa. He's just, he's seen, it's Tabitha, isn't it? Who's just been yes. raised from the yes. dead. And he sees her raised from the dead. And then he's going to be, um, he's going to be sent to uh, Caesarea in the yes. north, um, which is kind of a rival place, actually. King Herod built it because he didn't, he didn't like Joppa. He didn't like the people of Joppa. So he built 
another there was another uh, part built north of there, which isn't a natural part apparently. I've never been, um, just read. Um, but what's incredible is, and if you know anything about the Book of Jonah, um, you'll know Jonah's wrestling match yes. with what he would see as the Gentiles, yes. the people who are non-Jewish, who he can't stand, and he would literally get in a boat and head to. Uh, head to be, Tarshish at the rather be swallowed by a whale yeah. than go and speak to them definitely yeah. and he does you know yeah it does and then and he sulks gets vomited up onto a beach and he has to go <laughs> yes. you know he has to go to the Assyrians and he reluctantly you know and God uses him even despite his attitude um, his unwillingness God still works you know um, with the Assyrians and it just funny enough it's exactly the same place that he Joppa is where Jonah is. Yeah, when, that's in, when he isn't goes that down interesting? To the port, when God asks him to go to the Gentiles and to share God's love with them. Yeah. And Peter is exactly the same place when he asks him to go to Caesarea and, and to share God's love with the Gentiles. Yeah. And there's just something about the Bible that just blows me away. It is that's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Those those links are fab fabulous. Yeah. That's why people need to get into the Old Testament. Too. I agree. It's so it's, it's, it's amazing. Yep. Um, well, that neatly brings us on to Cornelius's house. Yes. And the mission to the Gentiles. We had three weeks on that. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely. Because to look at it again, that we wouldn't be here mm. if Peter hadn't had a complete change of mind. Yeah. And that is incredible. People got to think it's like the equivalent of being, I don't know, you've got your, you've always been in one direction. Mm. And then suddenly that everything you thought was right is challenged. Yeah, everything's upside down. And you down. graciously hmm. see that it's God and give in. Yeah. I think... And you did it so quickly. It speaks so much to Peter's character, doesn't it? And doesn't how it? much he's been transformed by God. Um, because I don't think Peter, when Jesus called him on that When we first meet boat, him, yeah. He ever would have done it. Um, but I think just, it's not just that though. I mean... It can't be understated the significance of that no. encounter with Cornelius's house and how that how much that changed everything. But it's not just that. I mean, I got the privilege of speaking on the church's reaction to that. Yeah. You know, he gets back and the church. I, I kind of describe him coming back with like bacon in his sandwich, uh, bacon sandwich <laughs> his in his beard. beard. Yeah, I remember um, that. But I, you can almost imagine like. <laughs> The church is disgusted and like almost wanting to excommunicate him. You uh, yeah, know? and saying, Are you sure you got this right? Yeah. But then it's almost, Luke obviously describes it, but just says that they just took it on. You know, like yeah. they, it, it must have been the Holy Spirit working in their hearts. But man, are we that malleable? Are we that, yeah. you know, are we that changeable by God? Like, I don't know if I am. Like, you know, and all our prejudice and all of our preconceptions of things and people and people groups and, um, are we that willing for God to change things? You know what I mean? I think there's a moment in the past of Kings mm -hmm. when Phil and Paul and some others have been out. It was the World Cup here, South Africa? Oh, yes. World Cup. And they came back and they'd been building and we had our project on mm -hmm. here. And Phil made the big announcement that we were going to give half of everything we raised away. Mm -hmm. And he had no idea how the church would receive that. Yeah. And there was this feeling of, that's just good. Brilliant. And yeah. he had no idea. Mm. He said it in fear and trepidation that Sunday a bit if you talked to him about it. Yeah. And it was like this feel from the church. This you could just sense this that's just that's just right. Yeah. It's such a vulnerable mm. thing though, to like even as a leader, to say, I think this is what God said. 
and then put yourself out there. Put the yourself out way there. Wait till everybody else. But you can all, you know, you've got, I think when you read these tor- stories, it's so easy to make them stories when actually they're real people with real lives and real, real hard, you know, difficult things to do. And you think of Peter being this like brash, crazy, you know, says what he thinks guy, but actually, you know, there must have been this moment of like, man, I hope they receive this well because I could lose all of my community here, all of my, my church, you know, could yeah. be could excommunicate me essentially. Uh, and it wasn't just that, it was the knock-on effects as well for people in the church with, you know, the the Jewish community in Jerusalem. You know, if they were seen to be having, you know, dinner with Gentiles and, you know, eating with them and so on and so forth, it had such ramifications, but the Holy Spirit, it's just powerful and working. And this is the acts of the Holy Spirit, changing the hardest of hearts and changing people's prejudice and everything else that goes with it. So, yeah, amazing. Amazing. Um, it's a challenge for our church now, not just to hear the word, but be doers. Mm. So people need to keep their ears open, don't they, Mike, for where God's calling them. You should be looking at me here. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's great. I yeah. think we should tie that up there. Yeah. Um, if if anybody wants to get um, in touch about anything we've said, please do. We um, welcome comments through the um, King's Church um, office and also please listen to the podcast again don't let this series go away and start the new series without actually cementing what god's been saying to you through it it would be great to end by praying father god there's so much we've talked about and you are just so awesome father i just ask that you pour more of your holy spirit into all of us father especially our leaders and those who prepare the word Father, I also pray for listening ears, that we're not just hearers of the word, but that we're also doers. Father, I pray even now as people are listening to this, you begin to stir hearts about where their place is. Is it serving here and reaching the people next door to them in Jerusalem? Or is it further afield, Lord? Stir people's hearts, Lord, and don't let people rule themselves out, Lord, because they think they're too old or too young or have no qualifications. Father, we've just looked at people in the Bible who had no qualifications, but the only qualification they had was the availability to you and to listen to the Holy Spirit. Father, just thank you. Thank you for all the exciting things you have ahead of us. And Father, I pray again that your word goes out without hindrance, not that we won't have trouble and difficulty, but Father, that your word goes out without hindrance. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, just there'll be other podcasts through the summer so just join us again the next one